Assalamu alaikum, everybody, and welcome to the fourth session now of our new series on Salat al Um For the past three nights, we've been going through a uh, recitation and commentary on this chapter um, with both Sheikh Hisham Mahmoud and Sheikh Yasir Fahmi. Um, and you can actually still share the link to register for this course with your friends. Um, if anybody is still interested in joining the class, they will receive access to recordings of all of the past sessions. So it's not too late to join, inshallah. Um, the link to register is celebratemercy.com slash So you can definitely share that with people who are interested in um, joining and catching up with the past recordings, inshallah. So many of you are probably familiar with Celebrate Mercy as an organization, um, but if anybody happens to be new, um, Celebrate Mercy as an organization, our mission is to teach people about the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we do this through our webinars, like the one you're um, watching now, um, our social media posts, um, through various events that we held primarily pre-quarantine, um, and also trips that we take to Jerusalem and to Umrah, um, and which will resume inshallah after the quarantine. And then also through our various campaigns. Um, so you may have seen us running some of those campaigns uh, recently, and we'll talk about those more later inshallah. Um, and just a couple brief announcements before we do get into today's session. Tonight we'll be joined by Sheikh Hisham Mahmoud, inshallah. Um, but briefly, I wanted to remind you all about Amazon Smile and how when shopping on Amazon, you could actually be benefiting Celebrate Mercy. So this is very simple. The same way that you would normally do your Amazon shopping, instead you would do that on smile.amazon.com. So instead of going to amazon.com, go to smile.amazon.com and then you would select Celebrate Mercy as your chosen charity. What that does is that whenever you make an order through Amazon, which you would be making anyway, but now you do it through Smile Amazon, a percentage of your purchase will actually go towards Celebrate Mercy. Um, so while doing your regular shopping, you could actually be helping us out, inshallah. And we've had many webinars and events um, and online classes, especially for the past few months. Um, you may have seen our Badr webinar, some of the Ramadan classes that we held, um, and uh, uh, the recent Dawn of Mercy webinar as well. Um, and we also recently had uh, this course on the Black Lives Around the Messenger, which was taught by Sheikh Mendez. Um, and the first session of this is available on our YouTube channel. Um, and if you've missed any of these past sessions, if you weren't able to attend the courses or the webinars, all of these are available on the Celebrate Mercy YouTube channel. So make sure when you go to the YouTube channel, you subscribe and turn on notifications so that every single time we put out a new video, every time we start live streaming, you'll actually get the notification that Celebrate Mercy is live and you'll be able to join the program or access it later, inshallah. So as you all know, we are able to run these programs through the support of our viewers, of our supporters, of students like yourselves. So um, as you're watching the programs, please remember to support Celebrate Mercy. You can either give a one-time donation or you can actually set up a monthly donation. So those of you who uh, set up at least a $20 monthly donation will actually receive free access to all of our future paid courses uh, and programs. So sometimes we do hold um, online courses, any online programs that have um, an entrance fee, those you would receive for free, you would receive free access if you became uh, a monthly donor with at least a $20 donation per month. Um, so please remember to support Celebrate Mercy. And a really important announcement, um, this, is, this one is time sensitive. So as you all know, um, every adult Muslim who is financially capable 
is at least required, if not recommended, to do the Qurbani or Udhiyah for Eid al-Adha. So this is the animal sacrifice that we do yearly um, as Muslims. And this year, Celebrate Mercy has partnered with Sada International Travel to help people arrange their Qurbani overseas, specifically in Mecca. Um, because every year when people go to Hajj, they, that's where they usually do their Qurbani. That's where all of the Hajjaj do their animal sacrifice. And then the meat is distributed to the needy um, and a lot of the refugees who live in Mecca. So a lot of those people rely on the Qurbani in order to be able to get this meat every single year. Um, but as you all know this year, due to the pandemic, most, the vast majority of the Hajjaj weren't able to go to Hajj this year. Um, so by us partnering, partnering with Sada International Travel, we've made it so that you can actually arrange your Qurbani overseas to be done in Mecca. Um, and the deadline to arrange this through this link, celebratemercy.com slash Eid is tonight. So if you have not arranged your Qurbani, your Uthiyah yet, please make sure to do so tonight. Um, and also once the Qurbani has actually been done on your behalf, you'll receive confirmation from us that they've done your Uthiyah. So you'll know for certain it has been done um, during the days of Eid, inshallah. And we also wanna remind you all of the new Shema'il book for youth. So as you know, the Shema'il of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam are, it's a book of the, that describes the persona and the character and the beauty of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this new Shema'il book, it takes the Shema'il and it organizes them in a way that is accessible to younger kids and to teenagers in the form of a study book. So you can see um, in some, some of the pages of this book, these are the table of contents. It's divided into different chapters on the physical appearance of the prophet, how he dressed, how he spoke, how he slept, um, a lot of details about his daily life and about he, how he, um, how, yeah, how he acted and how he was with his companions, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Um, and it, this book for Shemal, the Shemal for Youth, it contains a lot of different exercises, diagrams, um, different photos that actually make the Shema'i accessible for youth, for younger Muslims who want to learn about the Prophet So you can see here, these are some of the different exercises and the excerpts from the book. So you can order that book on our website, celebratemercy.com store. And you can also find the Shema'i al-Tirmidiyah on that website. And this is this version that you see on the screen here, the green one, this is the regular Shema. And this is a collection of 400 ahadith about the characteristics of the Prophet So this one would be intended more so for maybe older teenagers and adults. And then that's also available in the leatherback version. So you can see the black leather version there. Um, and you can actually save on a bundle of buying them both together. Um, so you can order those on celebratemercy.com slash store and make sure to use the coupon DH5 in order to get 5% off, inshallah. Now, as we mentioned before, we recently held this course with Sheikh Mendez on the Black companions around the Prophet and it was an immensely popular class. It was actually probably one of our most popular online classes. Thousands of people signed up. I believe there were over 4,000 students. The problem was that we weren't able to give students a book that they could follow along with. So Sheikh Mendez was teaching from this book um, that was written by Imam Siyuti called Raf'u Sha'n al-Hubshan, which translates to elevating the importance of the blacks. But students were not able to access the book. They weren't able to access it in English. Um, and we decided to start a campaign in order to publish an English translation of the book, but not just a translation of the book, 
um, but we want to publish three different versions of it that would make it accessible for as many people as possible. So the first one would be a direct translation, um, and the second one would be an adaptation of it, a devotional book, uh, and the last one would be an illustrated children's book. So the campaign has already raised a good amount um, already, inshallah, as you can see here, last time I checked, it was over 56,000. Um, so we're roughly at over 60% of the campaign's current goal. Um, but you can still support this campaign and you can support it through a sadaqa jariya, which means that um, it's a perpetual good deed. So even after you've donated to the campaign, every person who gets the book and who benefits from reading it, you will get the ajr and you will get the good deeds from people benefiting from the book, inshallah. So as you're watching in Zoom, Sheikh Hisham is going to begin the Surat al-Mulk recitation. You can resize your screen so that you can see him next to um, the actual ayah slides bigger. Um, and with that, I will go ahead and introduce Sheikh Hisham for tonight. One minute while I pull up his bio. So Sheikh Hisham Mahmoud has studied theology, hadith, legal theory, jurisprudence, ethics, Quranic recitation and Arabic with scholars in Morocco, Mauritania, and Egypt. He has lectured internationally on the Islamic sciences and on world religions and continues to read with scholars and students in the United States. He has taught for more than a decade at Yale, Princeton, and Harvard, and then left the academy to institute his own national initiative, Lanterna, a nonprofit educational institution that intends through its various projects to establish learning collectives across the country to enrich community life and enhance personal lifestyle. Currently, he resides in Pennsylvania with his wife and three children. And on Sheikh Hisham's Facebook page on Lanterna, there are daily sessions that you can follow. So there's a daily Quran recitation and reflection also on Salat al-Mulk um, that has been going on for a few months. And there's also a course that Lanterna is offering on uh, the 99 names of Allah. So you can email the Lanterna team lanternateam at gmail.com to actually gain access to that course. And we'll share the information about that um, in the chat room, inshallah. But without further ado, Sheikh Hisham, the stage is yours. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I'm unable to start my video. Okay. Um, would you like a second to figure that out or? Um, no, uh, it, it need, I need to be given, granted permission from the host. Absolutely. Don't even need to ask. Alhamdulillah. Okay. If you like, I can sign off and then sign back on. I think you should be able to turn it on now. There Bismillah. we go. Bismillah. Uh, I'm elated to spend uh, this evening with you uh, in an evening in the shade of the verses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uh, book. Uh, this uh, surah is one of the most important uh, surahs of the Quran. The Prophet sallallahu recited it every single day. In fact, there were five surahs that the Prophet sallallahu would make as part of his daily 
litany or regimen, Surah uh, Yasin, Surah Al-Dukhan, Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Surah Al-Sajda, and at night, Surah Al-Mulk. And the Messenger of Allah would not sleep without reciting Surah Al-Mulk. And so we do not sleep without reciting Surah Al-Mulk, insha'Allah ta'ala. Uh, and so this is a very blessed endeavor that we are embarking upon. And I'd like to thank the team of Celebrate Mercy for inviting us all uh, to embark upon it together. Uh, and uh, just know that the angels surround the gatherings in which Allah's name is mentioned and in which his book is recited. And so make room in your homes and your hearts for the light of the angels, uh, for these angels whose wings will shelter you up until the skies above. And they will, they will mention you uh, by name to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah is not, not in need of their conveying anything, but this is one of the ways that he shows that, that, that uh, the angel's testimony will be there for us as proof uh, to uh, to help us on the Day of Judgment. And in fact, uh, Surah Al-Mulk will be there as well uh, to intercede on behalf of the servant who habituates himself to its recitation uh, on the Day of Judgment until Allah forgives that servant. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, enable us, inshallah, to uh, habituate ourselves to it. Uh, my challenge is that uh, after this this series is done, is that you put in 40 days, inshallah, 40 days with the recitation of Surah Al-Mulk at night, and then it'll be a habit that you will never be able to leave, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, so with that, inshallah, let us begin with its recitation. Uh, Bismillah. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim تبارك الذي بيده الملك وهو على كل شيء قدير الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا وهو العزيز الغفور الذي خلق سبع سماوات طباقا ما ترى في خلق الرحمن من تفاوت فارجع البصر هل ترى من فطور ثم ارجع البصر كرتين ينقلب إليك البصر خاسئا وهو حسير ولقد زينا السماء الدنيا بمصابيح وجعلناها رجوما للشياطين وأعتدنا لهم عذاب السعير وللذين كفروا بربهم عذاب جهنم وبئس المصير إذا ألقوا فيها سمعوا لها شهيقا وهي تفور تكاد تميز من الغيظ كلما ألقي فيها فوج سألهم خزنتها ألم يأتكم نذير قالوا بلى قد جاء 
أَنَا نَذِيرٌ فَكَذَّبْنَا وَقُلْنَا مَا نَزَّلَ اللَّهُ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِنْ أَنْتُمْ إِلَّا فِي ضَلَالٍ كَبِيرٍ وَقَالُوا لَوْ كُنَّا نَسْمَعُ أَوْ نَعْقِلُ مَا كُنَّا فِي أَصْحَابِ السَّعِيرٍ فَاعْتَرَفُوا بِذَنْبِهِمْ فَسُحْقًا لِأَصْحَابِ السَّعِيرِ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَخْشَوْنَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَيْبِ لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ وَأَجْرٌ كَبِيرٌ وَأَسِرُّوا قَوْلَكُمْ أَوْ جَهَرُوا بِهِ إِنَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ أَلَا يَعْلَمُ مَنْ خَلَقَ وَهُوَ اللَّطِيفُ الْخَبِيرُ هُوَ الَّذِي جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ ذَلُولًا فَامْشُوا فِي مَنَاكِبِهَا وَكُلُوا مِنْ رِزْقِهِ وَإِلَيْهِ النُّشُورِ أَأَمِنْتُمْ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاءِ أَنْ يَخْسِفَ بِكُمُ الْأَرْضَ فَإِذَا هِيَ تَمُورُ أَمْ أَمِنْتُمْ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاءِ أَنْ يُرْسِلَ عَلَيْكُمْ حَاصِبًا فَسَتَعْلَمُونَ كَيْفَ نَذِيرُ وَلَقَدْ كَذَّبَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ فَكَيْفَ كَانَ نَكِيرٌ أَوَلَمْ يَرَوْا إِلَى الطَّيْرِ فَوْقَهُمْ صَافَّاتٍ وَيَقْبِضْنَ مَا يُمْسِكُهُنَّ إِلَّا الرَّحْمَنِ إِنَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ بَصِيرٌ أَمَّنْ هَذَا الَّذِي هُوَ جُنْدٌ لَكُمْ يَنْصُرُكُمْ مِنْ دُونِ الرَّحْمَنِ إِنِ الْكَافِرُونَ إِلَّا فِي غُرُورٍ أَمَّنْ هَذَا الَّذِي يَرْزُقُكُمْ إِنْ أَمْسَكَ رِزْقَهُ بَلْ لَجُّوا فِي عُتُوٍّ وَنُفُورٍ أَفَمَنْ يَمْشِي مُكِبًّا عَلَى وَجْهِهِ أَهْدَى أَمَّنْ يَمْشِي سَوِيًّا عَلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ قُلْ هُوَ الَّذِي أَنْشَأَكُمْ وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةِ قَلِيلًا مَا تَشْكُرُونَ قُلْ هُوَ الَّذِي ذَرَأَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَإِلَيْهِ تُحْشَرُونَ وَيَقُولُونَ مَتَى هَذَا الْوَعْدُ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ قُلْ إِنَّمَا الْعِلْمُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ وَإِنَّمَا أَنَا نَذِيرٌ 
مبين فلما رأوه زلفة سيئت وجوه الذين كفروا وقيل هذا الذي كنتم به تدعون قل أرأيتم إن أهلكني الله ومن معي أو رحمنا فمن يجير الكافرين من عذاب أليم قل هو الرحمن آمنا به وعليه توكلنا فستعلمون من هو في ضلال مبين قل أرأيتم إن أصبح ماءكم غورا فمن يأتيكم بماء معين and being that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's angels have joined us, uh, allow us to sensitize our hearts to their presence and just spend some time uh, feeling their presence uh, before we uh, transition to the reflection on the verses that we have prepared for, th for this evening. Bismillah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. اللهم افتح علينا فتوح العارفين بك يا فتاح يا عليم وصل اللهم وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته Tonight's reflection inshallah will cover verses 12 through 15 of Surah Al-Mulk and I'd like to begin with verse 6 because verse 6 and verse 12 are connected uh, and they're connected in a very uh, beautiful way I believe so verse 6 if we can go back to verse Six here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 6 of Surah Al-Mulk, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajimi, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, وَلِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ وَلِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بِرَبِّهِمْ عَذَابُ جَهَنَّمْ وَبِئْسَ الْمَصِيرِ And for those who believe not in their Lord, and for those who believe not in their Lord, is the torment of hell, how horrid the destination. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying in this verse, uh, he is ascribing uh, these people, right, the people of hell, to himself by saying their Lord, right? And, and that ascription uh, is just fascinating. Um, we find the same ascription in uh, verse 12, right? So in this verse, even the denizens of hell are ascribed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
they're ascribed to their Lord, Rabbihim, um, right, their Lord. And then if we look at verse 12, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 12, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَخْشَوْنَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَيْبِ لَهُمْ مَغْفِرَةٌ وَأَجْرٌ كَبِيرٌ Right? That those who, um, <clears throat> those who fear their Lord unseen, shall have forgiveness and a great reward, right? So you have uh, this, the, 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 the inhabitants of hell and the inhabitants of heaven, right? Both of them are described, both groups are described, are ascribed to their Lord. So Rabbahum is, Rabbuhum is mentioned twice, both in both verses. And that informs, um, you know, that, that, that brings to mind the following reflection, um, is that, in the hereafter, everyone becomes an arif billah. Everyone, right? In the hereafter, everyone becomes a, a knower of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everyone shall know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter, no matter what the destination may be. And so those who are in Jannah shall know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his asma and his sifat of jamal, by his names and attributes of beauty, while those who are the inhabitants of hell shall know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his asma' wa sifat, uh, uh, the, by the asma' and sifat of his jalal, by the names and the attributes of his majesty and his power, right? But uh, regardless, they will know Allah, they will come to know Allah intimately, right? Intimately through uh, either his names of beauty or his, uh, or his names of, of majesty. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ascribes all of them to himself. There is no kafir in the hereafter. There are no disbelievers in the hereafter. Everyone's a believer in the hereafter, right? Everyone's a believer. And so um, uh, in this verse then, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, rabbahum lahum kabir, right? And on that point, on, the, on that point, before we get to this verse, on that point, even shaitan, right? Even shaitan, um, if, we, if we look at, <clears throat> excuse me, even Shaitan says in Surah Al-Hijr, verse, verse number 36, he says, O oh my Lord, uh, give me respite until the day that they are resurrected, right? My Lord, give me respite. So he calls Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my Lord, right? Uh, and so anyone who follows his footsteps in this life and ends up in a, in a horrid destination in the next life, will also acknowledge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as uh, their Lord. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but, but the, the beautiful part about verse number six is that Allah himself ascribes them to himself. Allah ascribes them to himself, right? Uh, and so um, here then in verse number 12, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَيْبِ um, but pardon and a great reward for those who fear their Lord unseen. And bil ghaib here has two meanings. They fear, the, they fear their Lord without beholding him, right? They fear their Lord without beholding him. And so he's, he, he is unseen to us, right? And then the other, another uh, way of understanding this is that they fear their Lord while they themselves are unseen. So they fear their Lord in private. They fear their Lord while they're not beheld by others. In private, they fear their Lord. And so both of these meanings are complementary and they're both uh, valid in this uh, verse. And so 
the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not something that you and I speak about very often these days. It's a word that we have shunned. It's one of these words that we're, we, we've rendered archaic. Uh, to fear God. It's, it's one of these vestiges of a backward past uh, where we would, uh, where, where we would um, uh, talk about the fire and brimstone and, and strike fear into the hearts of people. And this is not, this is not the way that modern, uh, modern even believers would like to even relate to their Lord uh, through fear. Uh, however, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses this word. This word is revealed in the Quran along with, um, along with the verses that uh, emphasize Allah's compassion. There are verses that emphasize the fear of God as well. Fear. Um, and so taqwa is one of these words. Uh, khashya is one of these words. Khawf is one of these words. And, and we do not shun this notion of the fear of God. Um, and so it's not like fearing um, a monster in your closet or under your bed. That's not the meaning here that's intended. But it is the fear that you have for, uh, for one whom you have exalted in your heart uh, to fall into disfavor with him or to, to fall into disgrace with him, to shame yourself before him. It's the fear, like it's the fear that's born of love. That you do, that you seek to please God consciousness, but taqwa literally means to protect yourself from Allah. When the Prophet said, fear, he said, have taqwa of the fire, even with half of a date. And that doesn't mean have consciousness of the fire, right? It, it doesn't, it, you know, what it means is protect yourself from the fire. So we protect ourselves from Allah through Allah. We protect ourselves from Allah by Allah. We protect ourselves from Allah with Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, uh, and they uh, understood that there is no refuge from Allah except to Allah. And the Prophet would pray, that, oh Allah, I flee from you to you. I flee from you to you, that there is no protection from Allah except in the, uh, in the embrace of the compassionate mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to run to. There's nowhere to hide. And so we fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there's a difference between khashya and khawf, uh, especially as it's used in the Quran. The, to have khashya of Allah and to have khawf of Allah, both are, are used, right? Both. But there's a difference between them. Khawf both mean fear, right? Khawf, khafaya khafu khawfan. That means to fear, and, and that, that fear comes from the weakness of the person who is fearful, right? The weakness from the person who is fearful, he has khawf. And then khashya is the fear that comes over a person from the greatness of the one who is feared. That's khashya. So, um, so that, that's the difference between the two. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says um, in surah, <clears throat> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah, um, in surah al-Ahzab, verse number 37, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتَخْشَ النَّاسَ وَاللَّهُ أَحَقُّ أَن تَخْشَى and you fear, the Prophet is being addressed here, and you fear people, and Allah is more worthy that you should fear him. 
And the word that's used there is takhsha, which is the same word that is in verse 12 here in Surah Al-Mulk, khashya, right? That you fear people and Allah is more worthy that you should fear him. And so this was a fear that the Prophet ﷺ experienced, not from any weakness in himself, but because he exalted the perception of other people in his heart of hearts. Whereas that exaltation of the impression or the recognition of people or, or the, 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 the concern of people, that, that exaltation was for, should have been for Allah alone and should not have been given to those unworthy of it, which are other people, right? And so the Prophet is, uh, in this verse, he's being reminded to acknowledge that this exaltation does not belong, uh, uh, should not be directed toward other people. And the word khashya is mentioned there. And then in verse uh, 21 of Surah Al-Rad, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and pay attention here, that they have khashya of their Lord, they have fear of their Lord, khashya, which is the same word in, surah, in, in the verse 12, and they have khawf, which is fear of um, a bad uh, of a bad reckoning of an of, of, of a reckoning that does not fare well for them right so the khashya is of their lord right they have this fear of their lord because of the greatness of their lord and they have fear khawf of uh, a, a, a an, um, of uh, being taken to account and that is khawf because of, because of their own weakness in confronting their own account Right, so both words are actually used in that verse, um, and then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says uh, in Surah Al-Naziat, verse number forty, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Wa amma man khafa maqama Rabbihi wa nahan nafsa an hawa." Right, and as for the one who fears, and the word khawf is used there, and not khashya, the one who fears the presence of his Lord. Right, the one who fears the presence of his Lord, uh, and um, and. Uh, uh, forbids his ego or his soul from uh, succumbing to its desires. So the word khawf is used there and not khashya because we have both with respect to our Lord. We have khashya of Allah because of his greatness and we have khawf of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of uh, our weakness before him. Right? Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. But this verse here, verse number 12, is the only verse in Surah Al-Mulk, and it comes after eight verses in which Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is describing uh, hellfire. This is the only verse that describes Jannah, and it describes well. It doesn't. Well, it says that uh, uh, that that they will have forgiveness and a great reward. So this is the only verse that 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 uh, gives us the, the the that balance between Jahannam and, Jah and Jannah, between the fire and, and heaven. But there are eight verses describing hellfire, one verse describing uh, the, the compassion and the forgiveness and the, 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 the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this reminds, of, this reminds me of the verse in Surah Al-Baqarah in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, um, uh, Allahu waliyyul ladina amanu yukhrijuhum min al-dhulumati ila nur, verse 257, that Allah is the protector of those who are possessed of faith. He brings them out of darknesses into the light, right? So darknesses is multiplied. The light is singular. And that's almost like what's going on here in Surah Al-Mulk, where the, the, the darknesses of uh, 
hellfire are varied and they are described in different ways, but the light is one. The forgiveness is all we have. And that that itself will carry us through, inshallah ta'ala. But had Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Jannah with the same amount of attention as he revealed the fire, uh, then the point of Surah Al-Mulk would have been missed. And the point of Surah Al-Mulk is to give the warning, is to give the warning for hearts that uh, are heedful. So may we be blessed with heedful hearts. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. And so in verse number 13, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَسِرُّوا قَوْلَكُمْ أَوِجْهَرُوا بِهِ إِنَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِذَاتِ الصُّدُورِ And uh, speak secretly or openly. Verily, he knows the inmost recesses of the heart. Whether you speak openly or, um, or uh, <clears throat> excuse me, whether you speak openly or uh, you conceal what you say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. And, he's, and, and the Prophet sallallahu tells us about the subtle knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that uh, he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears the pattering of a black ant on a black rock or on a smooth rock uh, in a dark night. He hears the pattering of the ant. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears the pattering of the ant. Uh, he sees sound and he hears color. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge is encompassing. It's all encompassing. And so there's nothing that escapes it. Um, and so uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Qaf, verse number 16, uh, that know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is between a man and his own heart. Allah is between a man and his own heart. And we have created man and we know what his soul whispers to him and we are closer to him than his own neck vein. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is closer to us than our own neck veins, our own streams of consciousness. Allah is closer to us than that. So he is latif, he is khabir. Um, uh, he knows that which, it, which the hearts, that which the hearts conceal. He knows it all, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's nothing that, uh, th there's nothing that we can conceal from him, uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so in verse number 14, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, um, What shall he not know who has created? For he is subtle, all aware. Shall he not know? The one who's created, of course. I mean, are you, are you surprised that he knows the innermost resources, recesses of the heart? Are you surprised? Does that surprise? Does that come as a surprise to anyone? Didn't he create those hearts? Isn't he the one who created those hearts? Uh, what? Shall he not know who has created? For he is subtle, all aware. Latif uh, means the means the one who ha who has that that he has knowledge. He has the knowledge of daqaiq qadarihi. Daqaiq al-umur, right? The He has knowledge of the minutia and the details, the subtle details of the wisdom behind every decree that, that, that comes to pass. He has knowledge of the subtle. And, and so one of the things that we need to keep in mind is that there is a wisdom be, be behind, we, we should never forget that there is a wisdom behind every single decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, such that Imam Ali alayhi salam once said that, 
لو اطلعتوا على الواقع لاخترتوا سوري هي سيز عليه السلام هي سيز لو لو اطلعتوا على الغيب لاختر ان هيز ادريسنج اس هي سيز لو اطلعتم على الغيب لاخترتم الواقع هي سيز It took a long time for me to get that out. That if you were given access to the unseen, you would choose the scene as it is here and now. If you were given access to the unseen, you would choose the scene as it is here and now, which does not mean that we're passive about the scene realm. It doesn't mean that we're passive and we just let everything happen the way. The part of the seen realm is that we work to remove oppression and injustice and we work to redress wrongs. But we realize, we recognize that behind every tribulation in this world, that there is a wisdom in the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that the unseen is the context for everything in the scene. Yeah, yeah. We, we just re- recited this, uh, yeah, uh, this in verse number 12. Uh, that they uh, fear Allah, right? Unseen. They fear Allah, unseen. And part of that is trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that everything that happens in this world, in the seen realm, in this seen realm, has its wisdom and its context and it falls under the cosmic rubric of the compassion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the unseen realm. And so the next verse and the very last verse that that we'll conclude upon is uh, uh, verse number 15. It is he who has made the earth level for you Traverse then its spacious sides and eat of what he has provided, for unto him is the resurrection. Um, he is the one who has made the earth level for us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, that in this verse, he says, Femshu fi manakibiha. So walk through its manakib, right? Walk through its manakib. The manakib here it's translated as its spacious sides, and this is a good translation. However, mankib, mankab is the shoulder. Right, the mankab is the shoulder, and the shoulders of the earth are its mountains. The shoulders of the earth are its mountains, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "He has made the earth level for you, so walk through its mountains. So, so traverse through its mountains, which is it's a, it's interesting, right? That Allah Subhanahu wa Taala would say He has made the earth level for you, and we think level means flat." But level here, level is, you know, any one of us can walk through the mountains and it feels level. There is a, there is a, 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 an, a, an ascent, right? There is an incline in the mountain, right? But it's still level and you can walk through mountains. You can literally walk through the mountains. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, without paving it, without bringing bulldozers to actually put down asphalt in the mountains, you can literally walk through the mountains. And so the, the least of which is the least um, the least of geography that one would think is level is the mountains. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Famshu We've made the earth level for you, so walk through its mountains. <laughs> and, and just recognize, recognize how level the earth has been made for you. Just recognize that the entire earth has been made level for you to, to, to traverse through. And this has been for your sustenance, for your benefit. وَكُلُوا مِنْ رِزْقِهِ then And eat from what he has provided. 
right? The, the part of the wisdom in leveling the earth is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it easy for us to eat from what he has provided and to transport that food, to transport it across, across state lines, right? And the flattest country, the flattest of this country I've ever traversed through is, is Texas, right? That's the flattest place you'll ever drive through. It took me a full day to drive east to west through Texas, right? But, uh, you know, anyway, the, 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 if the mountains are flat like this for us to eat through, for, for us to, to, to facilitate our sustenance, then, then what about the rest of the earth? Right? What about the rest of the earth? وَإِلَيْهِ nushur, And unto him is the resurrection. And so this verse is, is, a, is a means of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse, the tone of this verse is, is to, 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 it's like mockery, is to, to mock us, right? Is to mock us that he has made the earth level so eat whatsoever you want. Eat whatsoever you desire. Eat whatsoever you desire. Just eat. Just eat it up, right? For unto him is the resurrection. Unto him is the resurrection. So the verse is calling upon us to have gratitude in a very subtle way, right? Through, through, through this, you know, right? He's, he's the one. He, he made the earth level for you. So eat from, so, so eat, you know, eat to your heart's delight. For unto him is the resurrection. So turn to Allah. Turn to Allah. The point of this surah is to turn to Allah with shukr, with gratitude. Because shukr is the, uh, the opposite of shukr is kufr. The opposite of shukr is kufr. And kufr is the Quranic opposite of gratitude, which is ingratitude. Usually when we think of the word kufr, we're thinking about disbelief and faithlessness. But the Quranic opposite of shukr is kufr. Inna hadaynahu sabila. We have guided him to the path. He will respond with either gratitude or with ingratitude. He would, and, and ingratitude there is kufr. Even Fir'aun, even Pharaoh, he calls Musa. He says, Didn't we raise you when you were just a little infant? Didn't we raise you to manhood? And, and, and you did that deed that you did. When he killed that man, uh, you know, by mistake, he killed that man. And he said, and he said what, what Here is Pharaoh telling Musa salam, that you are a kafir. <laughs> right? What is meant by that is that you are ungrateful, that you're responding, your response is, is ingratitude for all that I've done for you, uh, you know, growing up. Right, and he uses the word kafirin here. So, with that, inshallah, let us uh, conclude this. Uh, let us close the session, inshallah, and open for question and answer, inshallah. Ta'ala, subhanakallahum wa bihamdik, nashadu an la ilaha illa ant, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk, wal asri inna ninsana la fi khusr, illa ladina aman wa aminu salihat, wa tawasa bil haqi wa tawasa bil sabr. Sakallahu khairan, Sheikh Hisham. So we do have a few questions in the Q&A box and there's a few people raising their hands. So you can continue submitting written questions in the Q&A box, um, or you can raise your hand if you'd like to come on the microphone and speak, inshallah. Um, so I'll try to combine a couple of questions here because people have asked, um, like somebody said, would it fearing something mean that you wanna stay away from that thing? Um, so in that, how would we clarify, you know, why we should fear Allah? Um, and then somebody else also said, how do we balance fear in Allah and hope in Allah? Beautiful. Um, there's, there's two very beautiful questions. Ibn Qayyim and Jawziya said that every, that, that, uh, that every bird has two wings. Um, and the bird of faith, right? The bird of faith 
uh, has two wings. It, its two wings are fear and hope. Its two wings are fear and hope. And so uh, Iman, in order for it to be complete, it must have both uh, in tandem. And so the fear and the hope, they have to come together. Um, and this fear and this hope, uh, you know, if you have too much hope, then you're guaranteed uh, you're saved, right? I'm just guaranteed. And so you can do whatever you want. And if you have too much fear, that, that brings a person into despair, uh, where, where you just, you've condemned yourself. And, and so uh, there has to be a balance that is struck. And so that balance that is struck, many of the scholars said, uh, and, and they, there's a lot of discussion about this. One of, this uh, one of the opinions of the scholars is that fear is what should dominate uh, in the beginning of a person's life. Uh, and while the person is young, and then hope should take over as the person gets older, right? That's one of the ways to think about this, because one of the things that will curb uh, a, the, the young from uh, impetu impetuous uh, mistakes and from, from, their, from their rashness is fear of consequence. Uh, whereas with the wisdom of age, uh, a person now has put in the good work, they've invested uh, their youth, and now they have the hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also fear and hope are contextual, and it depends on the circumstance. Uh, for the Prophet sallallahu once said uh, about Ramadan, he said, man sama Ramadan, and in another narration he said, man qama Ramadan, imanan wahtisaban that whoever fasts the month of Ramadan, and in another narration, whoever stands at night in prayer during the month of Ramadan, uh, with faith, expecting a good reward from Allah, expecting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive that person, expecting that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will shower that person with his grace. Uh, his sins will be forgiven. So you see how the, the hope now is um, that, that, that not having hope in Ramadan is actually sinful, right? Uh, and so it, it, it's based on uh, the context, the circumstance, and also the stage at a, at a person's life. And some, sometimes a person who has too much hope needs a good, uh, a person who's arrogant needs that fear. And a person who has low self-esteem needs that hope. So it also depends on uh, who, the, the person themselves. And so we used to have a spirituality that, you know, that would break people down right, to break people down, to break people uh, in order for them to wake up. But now people's, people's, people are so delicate and people are so, um, you, know, the, you know, half this country is on antidepressants. The other half perhaps has just not been diagnosed yet. You know, I mean, so people are so fragile. We need a spirituality that's going to actually um, lift us up. Right? and not break us down. We've been broken down. And, and, and the, uh, you know, the, this is a culture where it's very difficult to have sound, healthy hearts. Right? So uh, it's all contextual. It's all contextual. And hopefully that answers both questions. I don't, I don't know if I answered the first question. What was the first question? The first question was asking how, um, if we fear something, we would want to stay away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Understand Allah. Okay, so the analogy for that, and there is no way of analogizing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if you're, you know, we all have parents, we all have parents. We fear our parents, right? We fear. And what do we fear about our parents? It's not, it's not, it's not that you, when we use this word, that doesn't mean that your, your father or your mother has turned into Freddy Krueger, right? Or that, or that, that, that the, the antagonist in misery, right? Uh, you know, um, Spielberg, you know, what's his name? 
I forgot the guy who wrote, he wrote Pet Cemetery and Misery, all these. It's not that, it's not, it's not a monster. You, your, your parents don't turn into monsters, but we do fear our parents, do we not? Do we not fear our parents? And does that fear negate any of our love for them? No. And so uh, that, that fear that we, that we have, so, so when we think about the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's an extension of that fear for our parents. And if you wanted to analogize it, right? But, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala transcends. Stephen King, that's right, Stephen King. I think Steven Spielberg did the movie for that. He, he, he did the movie for this. Yeah, exactly. Fear of disappointing them, fear of falling into disfavor. I said this, fear of falling in the disgrace of Allah, fear of falling into the, falling into the disfavor of Allah, fear of, fear of falling into the displeasure of Allah, right? And fear of standing before Allah to answer for anything that we've done. Of course, we fear. who doesn't fear that, right? So that in, in that sense, we, we, we mean the word fear, no. Um, we can take one question on the microphone. Um, and if I can just ask you to keep it brief, but why Khan? You should be able to use your microphone now to speak on the microphone, inshallah. If you can go ahead and unmute yourself. Give you a few seconds. And if you're unable to mute, then we might just go to the next person. Okay, the microphone might not be working, um, but there is another person raising their hand, Parveen Hussain. If you can go ahead and unmute, use your microphone. Okay, looks like that's not working either. Um, let's see, how about Halima, who just raised her hand? You can now... Halima, go ahead. Uh, uh, I just wanted to ask, this is from previous um, uh, previous uh, lectures, but so I was just wondering, does the devil, it, does, do they only, you know, reach the, um, do they not go above the lowest heavens? Because um, in one of the verses, like one of the, um, the beginning verses, it says that, um, the lowest heavens are uh, beautified and they are punishments for the devils. So. so one of the things about this verse, uh, and it's verse number, uh, let me pull it up here, is verse number, it's early, uh, I think it's verse number three. No. Uh, five, must be five. Yeah. Verse number five. And so this verse, if you can bring up the translation of that verse, if you can share that. Uh, but the translation of that verse is, and we have decked the lowest heavens with lights, and we made them uh, as shots in the dark for demons, uh, for whom we have prepared the torment of the flame, flaming fire. Rujum and Lishayatin has two meanings. Uh, one is that uh, Rajama means to stone, right? Rajama means to stone. And so literally, when you see a falling star, the Prophet was once speaking with uh, Imam Ali, and he asked him, uh, and he asked him, 
uh, there's a group of people there, and he asked them, um, "What did you?" They all see a shooting star, and so the Prophet asked them, "What? Do, what did you used to say about shooting stars in the Jahiliya?" Uh, and so, and the Prophet knows. He knows what they said. I mean, uh, and so they would say that an important person has either been born tonight or has died tonight. That's what. That's how they would imp- interpret it. And the Prophet said, "No. What what this is is that when the decree of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala." comes down right from uh from uh from on high and the angels bring it down they bring it down realm by realm right they bring it down realm by realm and other angels are there to welcome this decree as it descends down and then comes into the earth and so as it comes down all the way to the lowest heaven Right, the lowest heaven, because the lowest heaven is what is being mentioned here in verse five. And dunya means the lowest heaven. The word dunya is actually, um, uh, it means the lowest heaven. We, we use that to mean the world, but literally it means the lowest, right? Uh, and dunya dania, the world is low. Right, dunya dania. The world is lowly, and so when it comes down into the lowest of the heavens, the lowest of the heavens, which is this realm that we are in, the jinn try to steal a listening, and as they try to steal a listening, they they they, they hear some of what the angels are saying, um, but then uh, they are sh- these lights are they're shot at them, right? So they they hear what they hear is some of the truth. Uh, but uh, they embellish it, they, they, they exaggerate it, and they, are, they bring it down to their patrons here on the earth, human beings, the jinnul ins, right? The shayatinul insi wal jan, right? The demons among, the, among mankind and among the jinn. And so they've contracted, right? And who are they? What are they called? The Prophet called them, he said, that the munajim has told a lie even if he's saying the truth, that he's lying even, even if what he says is true. And they're called munajim. They're called munajim. And the, the word munajim comes from najim, which is star. Right, which is star. The word itself comes from the from star, and so these shooting stars have uh, driven these jinn out. And as they drive them out, uh, so what they've received has been partial truth, and that's why sometimes what what these what the the talent readers, the palm readers, the soothsayers, the wizards, the all these people, uh, the, the the sorcerers, the witches, the the uh, what they say. Some of it is true. Some of it is true because the the jinn actually heard some of the conversations of the angels, and um, and so uh, the Prophet ﷺ said, even if what they're saying is true, they're still lying, right? They're still lying, right? in and so that's one of the meanings of that. Another meaning of it is is that's one of the meanings of this verse. And we have made it as shots. Right, shots in the dark, literally shots in the dark for the shayateen, for the demons. But also the shayateen—that's the shayateen of the jinn. And then it, the other meaning of this is that we have made them shots in the dark for the demons of the earth, for the sorcerers, for the soothsayers, for the all these people, the human beings who have contracted with jinn. We've made we've made these stars that they're reading. 
we've made them as shots in the dark, right? Shots in the dark, uh, shots in the darkness of their ignorance, right? Because they don't know the truth. They don't know, they, they don't have, they don't have, they don't have certainty. They don't have guidance. They don't have knowledge. And so whatever they say, it's like shots in the dark, idiomatically, not literally. So the verse could be understood literally or idiomatically as shots in the dark literally shots in the dark, uh, or idiomatically, <laughs> right? So hopefully that, that answers the question. I'm sorry for the long-windedness of the response. Um, if we could have just one more brief written question. Somebody asked that uh, yesterday you mentioned to pray for your deceased parents. I um, just wanted clarification. Do By pray, do you mean to actually dedicate uh, nefil prayers for the parents, or do you mean to make dua for them? Word pray, the, the word prayer is dua, right? The word prayer is dua. And so prayer is either turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in heartfelt prayer, dua, or ritual prayer, which is salah, right? Salah is ritual ritual prayer. Uh, what I was speaking about yesterday was supplicate, supplication, dua, right? Uh, is a prayer, uh, asking, calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, with your heartfelt prayers, right? Not your ritual prayers. Your ritual prayers only benefit yourself. You cannot pray ritually uh, uh, any nafila or fard or anything like that uh, and gift that to a deceased person. You cannot do that. Thank you. Um, and a few people have asked again about the five surahs that you mentioned at the beginning that the Prophet would uh, recite on a daily basis. Could right. you just repeat the, those five? So the, the five surahs that the Prophet would, would recite, and it's a good habit, if you can, to recite one of these prayers, one of these surahs after every prayer. That, that would be ideal. Uh, we have five prayers and five surahs. So Yasin, right? Yasin. And uh, Sajda, uh, Dukhan, Waqi'ah, and Mulk. Um, and Surat al-Mulk is the last of them. The Prophet ﷺ would refuse to sleep without reciting Surat al-Mulk. It would be the last thing that he would do before sleeping, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, we, have, uh, in ha we have instituted this habit uh, 9.30 every night, 9.30 Eastern time uh, on Lanterna's Facebook page. And you don't even need to have Facebook. You can, just, you can still access uh, the, the thing if you go to facebook.com forward slash lanterna.org. So it's Lanterna's Facebook page. We do 9.30 every night, uh, the recitation of Surat al-Mulk. And then after that, we do a short reflection on the last hizb of the Qur'an, the, the, which is the last 60th of the Qur'an, because Imam Malik, عنه, he recommended that we recite in our prayers from that hizb. Uh, of the Quran. So you're more than welcome to join us. Uh, we've been doing this for about three and a half months now, and we intend to continue to do this uh, night after night. And then all of those videos, all of those reflections are uploaded to uh, Lanterna's YouTube channel. So you're more than welcome to join us for that. And we shared the link to Lanterna's Facebook page in the chat room. Um, so make sure to like the page and be able to follow um, all of their upcoming programs, inshallah. Um, so with that, that concludes the fourth session of um, our course on Surat al-Mulk. And just some brief reminders now um, that tonight is the last night to arrange your Eid Qurbani through Celebrate Mercy. So if you have still not arranged your Qurbani or your Udhiyah, your sacrifice for Eid al-Adha, make sure to do it tonight. Just go to celebratemercy.com slash Eid. It's very simple to arrange. And we will 
contact you with confirmation that the sacrifice has taken place, inshallah. Also, um, many of these programs that we offer, uh, we offer them through, you know, classes like this where you're given access to the class if you register for it. Um, and we have many other online classes that are free, webinars, etc. So you can find the recordings of all of those on our YouTube channel, just youtube.com slash celebrate mercy. While you're there, please make sure to subscribe. That way you can always keep up with any of our programs and you won't miss out on upcoming sessions or series. And if you turn on the notifications by clicking on that red bell button, then you will actually be notified every single time we upload something and every time we start live streaming. And lastly, I just want to remind everybody um, that Celebrate Mercy is sustained by your support through your donations. Um, and we also ask you to make dua for us. Um, you guys remember that in last night's session, Tariq mentioned how in the photo, you can see that the person has their hands out um, like they're making dua. So as much as we value your donations, we really, really appreciate all of your dua, all of your prayer for us. Um, and if you're able to, uh, we benefit a lot from your donations. You can give a one-time donation or you can actually set up a recurring monthly donation. Um, and if you donate at least $20 a month, then if we ever have any paid programs, any programs that are only available um, through a fee or if for Zakat eligible people, then we provide scholarships. Um, but if you become a monthly donor of at least $20 a month, then you can receive access to all of those sessions for free, inshallah. So Jazakumullah khairan for joining us and we'll see you in tomorrow's class, inshallah. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.